we thank God and give honor for our friend, woman of God, Pastor Stephanie Harrison, as she comes. Come on. Come on and put your hands together for Jesus. Oh, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It sure feels good in God's house. I want to say thank you to your pastors. How many of you love your pastors? I love them. They have ministered to me for years now, and I'm so grateful to be in fellowship with them. I'm so grateful to call them family. I love you. I honor you. I honor this team that was behind me. They're gone now, but that's all right. I'm so grateful. I honor my, my hubby. You got the best part this morning. You got the best part this morning, but I'm so thankful. We never get to travel together ever. I think there have been two times in over 13 years that we've both been gone on a Sunday. And so it's a special treat just it's for us, not just for y'all, that we get to be here together. It's a treat for us to get to travel together. So I want to say uh, how much I love him. And then my two boys are here tonight. I'm grateful for you. I got a future daughter in the room, and I'm grateful for her, all these things. God's good, y'all. There's nothing like the family of God. And if you're here tonight, you think you're alone, you're a part of a family tonight. And I saw these kids down here in praise and worship, making themselves at home, and that's absolutely what they should do. They should feel at home in the presence of God. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I just want to ask you tonight, are you ready to be poured out? Are you ready to be poured out? Are you ready to be tipped over? Are you ready to be poured out? Are you ready to step into your promise tonight? Are you ready to let go of what is behind you and to reach forward to the future? Are you ready to believe again? Are you ready to hope again? Are you ready to pray again? Are you ready to be on fire again? Are you ready to lift up your eyes to the hills from which cometh your help again? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you ready to go back to your first love again? Our world needs us to be ready. Amen. Our world needs us to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith and move towards the eternal promise that is set before us. I want to preach to you tonight, and we're going to read a lot of scripture as we get into this message. I hope that's okay with you. I mean, that is why we're here, right? The word, the Bible, it's what it's all about. It's always been about Jesus. It will always be about Jesus from now until eternity. It will always be about Jesus. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 17. And since I'm going to be reading a lot, I won't make you stand. Right? But we honor and reverence the word. Luke 17. And I'm going to read verses 20 through 37. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, 
The kingdom of God is not coming in the ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he said to the disciples, the days are coming when you desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there or look here. Do not go out or follow them, for as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by me in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and be given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot. They were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on that day when Lot went out from Sodom, Fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on that day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, where, Lord? He said to them, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. I want to preach right in the middle of that passage of Scripture from the second shortest verse in your Bible. Now listen, if you grew up in Church of God Church like me and you had memory verse time, you know that when you went around the room, there were about 14 Jesus webs. And then you had an occasional show off who would do the 23rd Psalm, right? But I'm going to preach from the second shortest scripture in the Bible. Remember Lot's wife. Now I'm not and in times, I'm not an eschatologist major at all. Matter of fact, when I read this, I don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But right in the middle of this passage of scripture, Jesus seems to drop something random. But see, with Jesus, nothing is ever random. He says, remember Lot's wife. I want to preach to you tonight a message called back to the future back to the future over 170 women are mentioned in scripture but Jesus only ever tells us to remember one woman he tells us we will always remember the act of the woman with the alabaster box but he only ever told us to remember one woman why would Jesus in the middle of this end times discourse, say, remember Lot's wife. Now see, if I was Sarah, who popped out a kid at 90 without an epidural, I'd be ticked. None of y'all, no, no. I, I, I would be ticked off. About, how about Eve? Eve gets blamed for everything, right? She took the fall for all of us. She's been taking the fall for years. How about Miriam? She was the first praise and worship leader. 
always cracks me up. She left slavery and bondage, crosses the Red Sea and says, hang on a second, I got to stop and get my tambourine. <laughs> right? How about Miriam? How about Esther? Come on, she was born for such a time as this. What about Deborah? You know about Deborah. She rose up. Now, she did rise up because no men in her day would, but that's another sermon. <laughs> How about Ruth? No? How about Mary? I mean, she did give birth to Jesus. He could have said, remember my mother who gave birth to me in a stable surrounded by cattle and doo-doo, I'm sure. But no. He says, remember Lot's wife. Why Lot's wife, Jesus? Why are you talking about her in this context? See, I'm looking at the world that we live in today and I'm thinking that maybe, just maybe, it is time for the church to remember Lot's wife. See, we don't know a lot about Lot's wife. We don't even know her name. She only appears on the pages of scripture long enough to disappear. And maybe that's why we should remember Lot's wife. Now, you know the story of Lot in Genesis 19, and I'm not going to take the time to read it, but sometime this week, go read the story of Lot in Genesis 19. There was one thing that he was told as the angels of the Lord descended and came to visit him. And they were telling him, we're going to get you and your family out of this city because God is about to rain down fire and brimstone and destroy the whole bunch. And he gave them one directive, one. How many of you were in the room this morning and you know that it is obedience that unlocks the key to your future? The word of God says obedience is better than sacrifice. And a matter of fact, you can't just be partially obedient. You're either obedient or you're not. Remember Lot's wife. She was given one piece of instruction. Don't look back. But Lot's wife was looking at the promise in front of her. And the past behind her and she did what some of us think we wouldn't do but she turned her back to the future now would it make sense if I preached the entire night with my back facing what was in front of me but see oftentimes we turn our back to the very thing that God is calling us into if you want to run run this race swiftly and with patience but by all means run in the direction that is forward if you're going to turn your back to something, make sure it's to your past and that you aren't turning your back to the future. So now we're here in the New Testament and Jesus is saying, remember Lot's wife. And all that we know about Lot's wife is that she looked back. The angel of the Lord had them by 
the hand, escorting them out of the city and into their promise. And she, with the angel in one hand, looked back. See, when you study this word back, it is the Hebrew word nabot, which means to look, to linger, to consider, or to long for what was. See, we want to fault her for looking back, say, how could she? But you put yourself for a minute in her shoes. Everything about her was in that city. Her family, I'm sure her babies might have been born there. It doesn't give us much information about it. Her extended family, her relationship, her friends, her memories, her life. I would venture to say that a lot of her identity was in that city. A lot of her identity in that city. See, when we think about Sodom and Gomorrah, our thoughts immediately turn to perversion and sexual sin. But honey, those things were only the fruit. Okay? <laughs> the sin is never the root. There's something deeper on the inside. Ezekiel 16, 49 says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hands of the poor and needy. The roots were pride. Prosperous, in need of nothing. Gluttony, so comfortable, and easy kicking back in our lazy boy recliners with our coffee in church if you please idleness spiritual boredom idolatry narcissism these were the roots that ultimately saw the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah it sounds a lot like the American church culture remember Lot's wife she did the one thing the Lord said not to do. Calcify. She turned into a statue of salt. She was supposed to be moving towards the promise, but got stuck in a place she was only supposed to pass through. How many of you have ever felt like you have been stuck in a spiritual hallway? See, nobody walks through the hall to stay in the hall. Halls are only connectors from one place to another. How many of you have ever felt like you've been stuck on the way to somewhere, but you just couldn't get there? So many conversations revolve around before the pandemic it's so interesting and in all the churches that I travel in almost every time that you're there you will hear the before COVID before the pandemic when was the pandemic our barometrics for walking in the promise of God I think God is doing a brand new thing not a before COVID thing I'm talking about a brand new thing before this before that it's like we're longing for a world that once was 
longing for circumstances we used to have a before loss a before death a before divorce longing for what used to be because if we don't remember Lot's wife we too will be stuck in a place we're supposed to only be moving through it's interesting to me pastor that she turned into a pillar of salt and our great commission is to be salt and light in a world that so desperately needs us to be salt. See, looking back may feel like being stuck in division. Looking back might feel like not being able to move past hurt. Looking back might be feeling like being stuck in betrayal or disappointment or bitterness or mess or grief or unforgiveness or addiction or church hurt or stuck, stuck. So we all say, how could she look back? But we spend a lot of our time looking back. It's time for the church of God to get unstuck because God has done so much for us that is ahead. There is no point in looking back. It's one thing to look back and to remember the goodness of God, but we have to be loyal to the future. We have to be loyal to the future. You don't get over something that you keep remembering or rehearsing. But for about... 30 years, I have taught music in church. And every week we have rehearsal. And why we have rehearsal is to ensure that the songs that we're rehearsing, when it comes time to perform or to minister them, that we know our stuff. And the problem with us seems to be that we are rehearsing the wrong things. And then when it shows up in our present, we wonder where it came from. Well, that must be the devil. No, honey, sometimes it's not the devil at all. Sometimes it's your mouth. The word of God says power of life and death lie right here in your tongue. We have got to begin to rehearse what God has already established in our future. And if you don't know what that is, open up all 66 books of your Bible and reacquaint yourself with your future. I don't know if you've read the end of the book, but baby, we win. And we've got to stop waiting for heaven to have victory. Right? It's like we live our lives waiting for heaven as an escape. Heaven's not an escape. It's a reward. It's not an escape. And newsflash, we ain't staying there forever. We coming right back here. <laughs> for a thousand years, we coming back here. Yes, baby. We coming all the way back, back to the future. And for a thousand years, we're going to rule and reign with him. We better remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife was stuck between where she was and where she was going. Stop lingering and longing for what was. See, in Luke 24, the disciples, this is after the crucifixion, the burial, and 
the resurrection. They just don't know that the resurrection has taken place yet. The disciples are on the road back to Emmaus. See, sometimes when you are hurt and disappointed and God doesn't show up like you thought he was going to show up, you go back oftentimes. Like, I'm going to go back to where I know he was. I'm going to go back to where I saw him last. I'm going to go back to where I felt his presence last. But see, Jesus came and walked right with the disciples while they were making their way back. But they didn't recognize him. I wonder how many times Jesus has been walking with you. Or me and our heads were too busy. Looking back, that we failed to notice that he was right there walking with us. In Luke 24, 21, it says that the disciples said, we had hoped. We had hoped. What have you hoped for? Many of us have misplaced hope in a system, in leadership, in government, in your family or your boss or even yourself. See, they hoped and they missed the fact that the God of the universe, the God that created the heavens and the earth and flung the stars into existence was not far away. As a matter of fact, he was walking right there with him. They were so stuck looking back at their disappointment, at their hope that they missed their moment. Have you hoped for that husband? That wife, that friend, the son, his daughter. Put your hope in a job. How long has your head been down tonight? See, God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The word of God says that he will be right there with us to the end. See, Jesus doesn't point you to the way. He is the way. He is a continuing invitation to journey with him. Not just today, not just yesterday, but tonight when you get home, in the morning before you wake up, afternoon before your lunch hour comes around on the clock, at dinner time, he's inviting us to walk in the way. See, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Jesus is our hope. Zechariah 9, 12 says, Turn to the stronghold, you prisoners. Woo! Uh, prisoners of hope. We are prisoners of hope, not prisoners of gloom, not prisoners of doom, not prisoners of a church before COVID, not prisoners of our life before loss. We are prisoners of hope, not prisoners to fear or anxiety or depression or oppression or addiction. We are prisoners of hope. Next time somebody asks you if you bound, say yes. <laughs> I'm bound all up in hope. I am absolutely bound from the top of my head to the sole of my feet in hope. For we have this treasure 
in an earthen vessel that the excellency would not be of us, but of him. Prisoners of hope. Stop looking back and longing. In a world that desperately needs hope, we have got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Stop scrolling on your feed and just get alone with Jesus. You know, there was an old song. You, I don't know. You might not know it. I'm, I guarantee you that Courtney probably heard it. It says, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. Hear our faintest cry. Answer by and by. We need to talk to Jesus. Let me tell you, you do yourself better to stop talking to your girlfriends. Stop talking to your counselors. Stop talking to everybody else and spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time with Jesus. See, we've got to lift up our eyes. We get to shine here. We get to shine here. Are you going to live out your life to its fullest and fulfill the purpose which God has called you for? Well, if you're going to do it, you've got to face forward and take your back from the future and put your back to the past. We get to be, get to be salt and light. See, God is doing a new thing. And it is always painful when the old thing dies. It is always painful when the old thing finishes. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? The word thing here is from the Hebrew word kadesh, which means new thing, fresh. Now, just a couple weeks ago, I was in the kitchen and pastor was making himself a bowl of cereal. And he took out a jug of milk from the fridge and he began to pour his milk into his cereal. And he went to take a bite and what he should have done first was looked on that gallon of milk and checked the expiration date because why I don't know why we tried to drink from a season that has already expired I'm not sure why we are trying to be thirsty for something we've already had Why are we trying to long for a season that has already expired? It's old. It's spoiled. It was good once. <laughs> but it's not fresh. It's not fresh. And I want you to know that your season has an expiration date on it. I don't know if you're walking through a trial or trouble or tribulation tonight, but let me tell you that that trial has only come to pass. Seasons only come to pass, to give way to the next season. If you are stuck in sickness, in pain, Trouble in your home, trouble in your marriage, trouble with your children, trouble on your job. Just look at your neighbor and say, this too shall pass. While he is doing 
a new thing. Let's not get stuck in the old thing. Let's let go of the past. Let's let go of comfort. Let's let go of excuses. Let's let go of what once was and grab a hold with that same energy that we practice remembering with that same energy to reach for the future. So you've got to turn your back to the past and your face to the future. See these children in here tonight, we've got to be loyal to the future. The livelihood of the bride of Christ depends upon it. There's been an absence, and I'm closing, of talking about the future and dreaming because we've had a lot happen. We have had a lot happen. There's never been a generation that is alive that's lived through a global pandemic like us. As a matter of fact, statistics say that they'll never really fully know the toll that it took on us to go through that season till like five or 10 years from now, right? But we're prisoners of hope. We are prisoners of hope. Our conversation has got to go from what was to what is and what is coming. We've got to begin. You heard pastor say it this morning. She, Jesus' mother Mary, she created expectancy. She created expectancy in the people by saying, when he said, whatever he says, do it. He hadn't said nothing yet. But she created a womb of expectancy because the atmosphere of expectancy, my pastor would always say it, is the breeding ground of miracles. Our conversation has to turn towards the future. Are you ready to turn your back to the past? No, are you really ready? And this is a serious question. And I don't wanna downplay the fact that when I look around this room, I'm sure that there are many of us who have gone through things that probably no human should ever live through but you're here. You've gone through it. And what God has done in you while you have walked through that, it is time to begin to pour out to others so that we can continually be filled. Your future is in this room tonight. Your future is in this room tonight. Your past isn't in this room, but your future is in this room. He is the author and the finisher, and I don't know if you can feel him, but I can. And when Jesus is in the room, the finished, The end of your story, which is actually the beginning, is in the room. I want you to just stand right where you are. And I want you, with everything in you, to begin to reach up and begin to take possession of your future. 
It's not mysterious. It's all hidden in Jesus. He is in this room. And when he's in the room, everything that you need to bind up the wounds of your past and step into your future is in the room. Play my song. I don't know where you're going to go, but since I wrote it, I'm going to sing it. Because you are in the room with your miracle. See, it's one thing for me to be in the room with your miracle. It's another thing for you to be in the room with your miracle. We've got to stop being passive in the body of Christ. The word of God, I believe, as a matter of fact, and the Lord's bringing this back to my remembrance, I believe I preached this the last time I was here, taking territory. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it. God ain't going to plop this down in your lap. You have to take it. And prophetically, I know this is a different kind of altar call. But prophetically, this is what the Lord showed me. It is a taking hold and it is a pulling down heaven to earth. It is a pulling down your future into your present. But before you can pull down your future... You've got to let go of the past. You've got to let hurt go. You've got to let bitterness go. You've got to let unforgiveness go. You've got to let loss go. Jesus has already written your future. All you've got to do is tap into it. Tap into it. If you are in this room tonight and you are ready, really ready, to let go of what is behind you, like you are looking back at it one last time, and with everything in you, you are ready to let it go. And with that same energy, you are ready to press toward the mark. You are ready to grab a hold of your future. If that's you, I want you to run to this altar. If that is you and you're ready to let your past go and you're ready to grab a hold of your future. If you are ready to let yesterday go and you're ready to grab a hold of today, I want you to come to this altar. If you are ready to let loss go and bitterness go and hurt go and disappointment go and yesterday go. You say, Pastor, I don't even know if I have what it takes to let it go. I have been rehearsing and remembering this so much in my life that it's become a part of who I am. I don't even know who I would be without looking back. If that's you, 
I want you to just look at somebody and say, I need you to go with me. I need you to reach for the future with me. I need you to help me let go of yesterday and grab a hold of today. We're going to sing this song. And I've got to just say it like God showed me. I don't know what's going to happen. I, this isn't a me laying hands on you. I want to activate you and to teach you because when Thursday comes and you're not in this room, you've got to be reminded that it was you who had the sheer energy and the passion to let go and to pull your future into your present. I want you to say your goodbyes to yesterday and do that and let it take however long it needs to take. If it is a child who was lost, let it happen. If it was a marriage that has been dissolved, I want you with all the grieving that you can to give it one last push. And I want you to say your goodbyes to yesterday. And once you have said good riddance to yesterday, I want you to begin just with your hands prophetically. This is how the Lord showed me to begin to reach up because your miracle isn't far away. Your miracle is present. It is in this room right now. Your future is in I'm in the room with the miracles. I'm in the room with the one who can do the impossible. He's here. I'm in the room with the miracles. I'm in the room with the one who can do the impossible. 